Welcome to the One Signal Podcast, which aims to educate listeners on product, industry, and best practices to build a great customer messaging practice. This is your host, Josh Wetzel. Got a great guest today for you, Kyle Williams from Dogpatch Advisors. Dogpatch Advisors is a, a small boutique firm doing cutting-edge outbound marketing work for some of the most successful software startups in the world, including OneSignal. They previously were early employees, kind of the first generation push notification and messaging software leader called Kahuna. So, so excited to hear Kyle talk about and, and think what the market has evolved, trends in the industry, best practices around personalization in particular, and messaging, and what truly drives results for marketers. So welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you having you today, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. So I don't know if my intro for Dogpatch did a justification, but I'd love to get your take on, on what do you actually do? Yeah, it's uh, it was a great intro. Well, so what we do at Dogpatch, so we're a sales research and advisory company. We're primarily focused on B2B sales and primarily B2B SaaS. So we, we spend a lot of time across the board talking to sales leaders like yourself on sales and go-to-market strategy. And primarily, we spend a lot of our time in outbound, so reaching out to new prospects. And the unique part of what we do is combining data with outbound. So there's a lot of grunt work that happens in sales outbound for anyone who's familiar. And what we do is often we're using custom code or unique strategies to power outbound for companies like you mentioned, like Stripe and Drift and Segment and others. Yeah. I didn't mention them. I was going to let you mention them. I wasn't yeah, sure. Fair enough. <laughs> um, what led you guys to building? The firm, like, how did you end up here? I know you guys all work together at Kahuna. Yeah, and it actually starts before Kahuna. So my co-founder Ben Salzman and I worked at Google back in the early days of cloud. It was called Google Enterprise instead of Google Cloud back then, and we were on different teams, but we were always working on different strategies together. And there was one limitation at Google where on the sales team you weren't allowed to send more than. Uh, a message to more than 25 people. And above that, you had to reach out to marketing to get approval to send anything. And we didn't have any tools for that. So my start in engineering was I built a tool in Google Sheets where you could put in a list of people and then it would generate a mail merge basically to reach out to people. And so because of this limitation, you couldn't send an email, the same email to 25 people. I started building in all these merge tags so you could customize the message. And then that led into, well, what do we use to customize it? And so then this whole methodology came together of like, well, we need to go gather data. So then I was scraping websites to figure out what someone's infrastructure looked like. And this was before you could you know, get tools that would tell you this. And so we'd, we'd done that at Google. And then I joined up with... And Mercy, who's on our team, Mercy and Ben were at this company, Kahuna. So they were... Mercy was the third employee. I was the eighth employee. And Ben was the fifth employee. And at Kahuna, we did a lot of those same strategies and sort of found that first zero to six million in sales from outbound. And after Kahuna, we, you know, we started talking to companies and we just realized nobody was doing it that way or thinking it in that way. And so we started working with companies to help them think about a new way to do outbound. Yeah, that's cool. And I agree, even now, several years later, still most companies are not doing it that way. My first name. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into a little challenger statement. We talked about this uh, pre-show. Uh, Gardner, an esteemed kind of large uh, research analyst firm, uh, consults large companies around technical decisions, marketing, you name it, been around for a long time. They put out a prediction a few months back 
that effectively said, actually, it was very explicit. 80% of all marketers will abandon personalization by 2025. So first off, what do you think about this prediction? Uh, I think it's one of those things that will be spiritually wrong, but technically right. Meaning like we'll just change what the definition of personalization means between now and 2025. And so we'll be able to say that that's not what happens. But I think always context and relevance will become increasingly important. So I think when a lot of people hear personalization, that's what they mean. And I think that's where we'll go. And I think we'll see that trend continue. Interesting. So your uh, politically correct approach to this is to say that <laughs> that in five years, they'll say, oh, personalization has been abandoned, but yet every message will be highly relevant and contextual in nature to the recipient. Right. That's what I think is going to happen is the challenge I think they may be trying to describe is if you think of personalization as taking a bunch of attributes and data and just plopping that into your message, that's just creepy and uncanny or trying to get to increasingly smaller and smaller segments that become unwieldy and hard to manage. Like, sure, but I don't think we're going to get away from a world where you're not going to be relevant to your customers and you're not going to personalize that experience. I do think you can change the definition to say context, but ultimately, if you're doing it right, the best context is primarily relevant to who you're reaching out to. So in every definition, isn't that personalization? Yeah, I struggle with this one because to me, personalization is the the quest to provide a more relevant and contextual engagement. And it could, it started off like from just a pure kind of internet consumer standpoint with like the my Yahoo's or the the Amazon collaborative filtering, where I come back and I see products that I already looked at or offers that are relevant to that. To me, that is personalization, and and I don't see how you stop that. As a marketer, quite frankly, I, I worry that this type of prediction will like, you know, hurt some companies that aren't thoughtful. It's almost like the Clorox call by the president of the United right. States. Like people that aren't using common sense are like, oh, this may cure me. And so they're doing that. So I, I, I fear for companies that are actually listening to this advice and being like, well, we should abandon all of those efforts and costs around tools that are helping us become more contextually relevant. But I get it. I just I struggle with that in that I feel like it's the opposite. But again. Maybe the take here is to get press. So let's talk a little bit about given your history in this continuum, so to speak. Like, how do you think about, you know, what is the difference today between messaging and how you guys approach it from that lens of personalization versus where it was five, six, seven, even, you know, seven, eight years ago when you were doing this at Google? Yeah. And I think even when we were at Google, it was still somewhat unique to put someone's name and, and a lot of you know, outbound is done over email, but this is really relevant for any channel, right? Whether it's email or a push or, you know, anywhere you're putting it in SMS, in app, but primarily an email, right? It was, it was still somewhat unique. If you got an email and it had your name, like most of the time that meant it came from an individual. So the bar for, is this actually for me was a bit lower back then. And I think the bar is higher in general in the market. I think it comes down to just you know, the natural human experience of like expectation. And we've all seen even before that, you know, display ads with 87% click through and, and, you know, now it's much, much dramatically lower is what is the expectation of the user is much higher. So the bar for being more relevant is even, even higher. Like back in the Google days, you know, I could go ping an email server and figure out if someone had like really expensive equipment. Like if their spam filter was Cisco, then I knew they were spending a lot on IT versus some open source technology. Then I knew that 
They maybe were focused on cost cutting. So just tune the message to that, right? Like say, hey, if you're looking for the best of the best, Google has all these engineers versus, you know, if you had something open source, then we talk about how, you know, you don't have to manage it and Google will take care of those problems. Now you have to go a bit deeper. Like what you were talking about, like personalizing the experience to where it does feel like this is only for me. So you, you still are looking for different data points, but you need to start to combine those together. Like we talk about, it's not just making observations like, Josh, I saw you went to a certain college, go mascot. It's about combining observations into some type of an insight, right? Like I saw that you're hiring on your team, your web traffic is up, and there's a bunch of new SDK installs. Like you probably are trying to solve problems around how do you manage all these new customers or you're going after a new market, right? Like synthesizing those observations is more important today than I think. Not that it was never important, but you now almost, it's almost critical to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because you touched on an important point of the, the goalposts are moving, so to speak, right? The efficacy continues to get higher. And so what was cool and actually cutting edge five, six years ago, which was name and some personal attribute that you kind of pulled from the website or their LinkedIn profile, whatever, is no longer enough. And uh, it has gotten to the insight, which is one of the things that, by the way, I, I think we value greatly about the relationship with you guys is you guys bring that like, we every message needs to have some insight, some value add beyond just the, the customization. Which gets me to a, a good question around testing. Like, how do you test these attributes to get to the right level of personalization or the right level of contextual relevance, believe that? Yeah. And I think there's a couple ways to think about this, right? There's a lot of talk about statistical significance. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're not designing you know, pharmaceutical drugs. So the tolerances don't have to be as extreme. Yeah. And some of the downside of that is you start over limiting your variables, right? Like there's the classic story of Google had 37 shades of blue on a button and which shade of blue was most likely to get a click through. It's even better to think about what are the quick iteration cycles. So if you can get an initial result, make an iteration, you're much less likely to get stuck in a a local maximum where you're just tuning a single word. And when you're tying all these things together, right? When you have five, six different variables that you're then synthesizing into a single insight, it's even harder to isolate a single variable, right? Because these six variables led to 36 different potential outcomes. It's harder to isolate. So more thinking about what is the essence of what we're trying to say in a given variation. If we see an early uptick, we'll iterate on it. And then if you do that enough cycles, you end up much further ahead than you know waiting for an experiment to run you know, for 10 months or something crazy like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we, we aren't curing cancer, but every interaction is important. Right. Uh, so like how much have exposure have you had to personalizing outbound or messaging beyond email? Like how much have you tested, say, push or SMS or other channels? Yeah, and, and we did that especially, and a lot of these insights that we developed, you know, the early days were at Google, but then, you know, when we were at Kahuna, you know, we're, this was what the product would do, right? Like changing the nature of a push. And I think back of Mercy, who was the most incredible sales representative I've ever seen in my entire life. And she would reach out to prospects and she would study their app and say, this is the type of push you should actually send to someone, right? And that's how she'd start the conversation. In terms of seeing that in push, we certainly saw that the more you could take that classic trifecta of 
targeting content and timing, the more effective it was going to be, right? Like the classic example of a cart abandonment, you add in the actual product that someone abandoned, then the rates go up. And in those days, that was even more of a unique thing, a cart abandonment push. Yeah, I'd say we definitely saw that the more you could get those three coming together, more effective your response was going to be. Yep. So, and you touched on this a little bit before, but if you look at a high level, what are the best engagement activities you've seen and content kind of drive increase in whether it's sales and e-commerce activity in a kind of a media environment, maybe subscription purchase, whatever it may be your business, like what are the things that you you tie out at a macro level? Like uh, or you can give specific examples if you have them, but yeah. And, and make sure I understand the question is like there's um almost a philosophical model that we use to analyze any type of messaging. Is that where you're you're thinking about or more like where in the life cycle is someone? Make sure I understand the question. Yeah, the question was more broad based, which is yeah. like if you think about if you had you know, three tactics you could deploy at a company to drive greater engagement or sales using the the messaging tools you have, where would you focus? Like what would be the areas to hone in on? Like sort of the required infrastructure of of a outbound message sequence? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So the way we think about this is, you know, the ultimate campaign or messaging you're going to send is the ideal marriage between what is the right content or offer or message with what is the data or our ability to execute on that. So what we'll generally do is we'll build two backlogs for everyone we work with. And one of those is a hypothesis backlog. Like This is messaging that we think is going to drive to a particular goal or resonate with a certain audience or is an interesting angle on messaging. And then the other backlog is the data backlog, which is really how are we going to source either the information that's going to tell us who's in that audience or how do we change the message for them? And so between those two, you can start to map and we'll do this for every hypothesis. How much effort is there, right? Do we have the data available? Do we know how to combine those insights together? What do we think the impact is going to be? Do we think this will resonate? Do we have some sort of leading indicators, whether it's from you know 10 deals, just 10 new customers came in and they had a similar scenario. And then what is the overall yield that we think we'll get, right? So if this is hyper-relevant, but only you know a tenth of a percent of your market it's relevant for, then maybe that's not an entire campaign. But if the data is available, we have a early signal of impact and you know it reaches a wide audience, that's how we're going to optimize you know, where we focus. Okay. Makes sense. And then when you think about the from a prioritization standpoint, like if you're going to deploy a campaign, what are the, you know, there's all these different angles, whether it's social proof, you know, insight, you know, the various kind of components you're thinking about. Like what are the most valuable in your opinion to incorporate? Yeah. And that, you know, I was saying philosophical, there's a, a formula we use from there's a guy named BJ Fogg. He runs the and I'm going to forget the name, but it's it's basically they run a lab around behavior at Stanford. Yep. And so he has a behavior model called the FOG behavior model. And the formula is basically a behavior is a function of sufficient motivation, sufficient ability, and the presence of a trigger. And so basically, if something's going to happen, you have to be motivated, you have to be able to do it, and then something has to prompt it. And each of those has a number of dimensions of, you know, the trigger could be internal or external, right? So an external could be that email or a push or a phone call. 
But you could have internal triggers, right? Like I'm bored, so I'm going to pull up Instagram, right? That's an internal trigger. And generally in marketing and sales, we're talking about external triggers. And what we're doing is we're mapping what is the behavior we're trying to drive? And then based on what we know about who we're reaching out to, do we think there's a deficit on either motivation or ability? And so if we're talking about motivation, then we're going to talk about things like social proof or showing how other people are doing the same thing, or we're going to use authority, right? Like someone who's an expert in your field has said X, Y, and Z, and that's why this is a good idea. If we think there's sufficient motivation, then we're going to talk about ability. And that's where you do, and you'll often see discount codes or ask for less time or make it less cognitive load, shorten the message. So we're generally picking a path with every single message to say, what is the behavior? Do we think we have a a motivation or ability deficit? And then that determines the type of message that you'll send. So those are classified as a a spark, as a motivation message, and the ability is a facilitate. And then the last category is really, you know, if someone signs up on your site and then you reach out and nothing happens, sometimes that's a signal, which means they're probably able and they're motivated and you just need to tap them on the shoulder and say, are you still interested? And last question, how do you deal with, uh, maybe this is more a mercy question, but how do you deal with the kind of negative response that most people, most humans would see and say, that's not an open opportunity to follow up. In your world, how do you think about that? Yeah. And we think about, you know, there's, there's always the ultimate goal, right? That we're trying to drive that ultimate behavior, but that's not the only measure and the only outcome. So there could be negative responses. There could be neutral responses where they're not driving it either way. The way we think about each of those in a sales context, we think about those as opportunities for sales motion. So you know, not everything is going to happen just because we did an outreach, right? So that's an opportunity to make a decision to say, did we miss on targeting? Did we miss on content? Did we miss on timing? And if we don't think we missed on each of those, then that's a good opportunity to pick up the phone and say, hey, the reason we reached out was X, Y, and Z and have a two-minute conversation. But it's a balancing act to say, how much of this is do we need to change how we reach out because we don't want to have a high you know, percentage? And you can't, you can't win them all. You can't get it to zero, or at least we haven't quite cracked that code yet. Yeah. But you do want to try to minimize how much you get from a negative. Cool. Well, Kyle, really appreciate your time. Really enjoyed working with you guys and appreciate the insights. So thank you for joining. Thanks, Josh. Lastly, just if you enjoy the content, please subscribe to the podcast at your, one of your favorite directories. You can find it at Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and many more. And if you're interested in a, a great engagement tool and push in an app, feel free to try OneSignal. It's free to use, great product. Thank you. Appreciate it.